This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. I'm going to share with you the answer to the question that I get when I tell people about my podcast. What have I learned? What are my takeaways? So what's the answer, right? dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do something a little different. Oh, yeah, a new year and a new show, at least uh, for today, that is just a little bit different. (laughs) For you new listeners out there, the first Monday of the month is typically dedicated to answering listener questions, but this Monday... We're switching it up. So today, we're going to do three things. Number one, I'm going to share with you 10 steps to achieving young family wealth and happiness. Ooh, that sounds so lovely, doesn't it? (laughs) And the second thing we're going to do is we're going to highlight another Money Master of the Week. And then last but not least, we are going to throw down another MKM challenge. Yes, I am pushing you all to grow your family wealth and I'm going to do it with you. (laughs) All right, let's jump into today's show. So over the past two-ish years that I've been doing this here podcast, when I run into someone and tell them about the show, one of the major questions that comes up time and time again is... So, hey, you interview all these people, Andy. Like, so what are your biggest takeaways? What are your biggest learnings? What have you, what have you absorbed, Mr. Hill? And it's a great question. It's, um, it's actually the whole reason that I started the show. I wanted to learn from some incredibly smart, family-centric, wealthy, philanthropic, independent, in control of their future rock stars that would motivate me to give my family the best life possible. And it's worked, man. (laughs) During the course of this podcast, here are just a few of the things that our family's done. We've updated our will. We've started a chore and reward system for our kids. I got a raise. I got a promotion. Nicole, my wife, she started her passion project of home organization. So she goes into people's homes and organizes them. And she did that at our house for a long time. So now she's getting paid to do it, which is awesome. What else did we do? We, uh, we started an HSA, a health savings account, so we can save for our future health care costs. Oh, let's see. Our family traveled on a $6,000 trip to Cabo San Lucas for less than $300 because of travel rewards. Yeah, learning a lot. We started a Roth IRA for both of our kids, six and four. Crazy, because they're helping me out with my little small business. We increased our charitable giving from 1% in 2017 to 3% last year. So we're making baby steps there. We grew our net worth by $200,000. We paid off our mortgage. We saved $50,000 in our real estate fund. And last but not least, we celebrated our eighth anniversary as a couple. 
So that's just a short list of the things our family has done during the last two years when I've been doing this little here podcast. I honestly believe if it weren't for the over 100 interviews I've done with young millionaires, financially independent couples, and debt-free parents, I don't think I, uh, I don't think we would have had that much success. <laughs> now, the other major reason I wanted to start a podcast was to help others. I have a feeling in my brain, in my bones, in my heart that I want to give back. I love helping people win. It makes me happy, honestly. By doing this podcast, I am able to share successes, failures, learnings, and priceless advice from me and the aforementioned brilliant bunch that I've had on the show. And I, I really, I really believe it's making a difference. I, I believe it's helping people. I do. I've heard from a lot of you that a voice and a message about family financial empowerment is refreshing. And it just feels so great to hear that. So thank you. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your voice messages. I really appreciate it. Now, for those of you who haven't listened and taken copious notes since episode one, session one, (laughs) that would be pretty much everybody except me. (laughs) I'm going to share with you the answer to the question that I get when I tell people about my podcast. What have I learned? What are my takeaways? So what's the answer, right? So without further blibbity blobbity from me, here is my official patent pending 10 steps to achieving young family wealth and happiness, courtesy of the geniuses I've interviewed on this show. So here we go. Number one, choose a debt-free life. Yeah. When we eliminate high interest debt from our lives, we are saying goodbye to stress and hello to control, purpose, and intention. No more living paycheck to paycheck, my friends. No more scraping by when we say, I'm going to be debt free or I'm never going to owe somebody money again. There is a freedom to that message that cannot be denied. Here are a few action plans to consider under this step number one. Save up 2K, 2,000 bucks for an emergency. If you do this, you'll have twice as much money than 57% of the U.S. That's according to Go Banking Rates. And it'll keep you away from using credit cards for your emergencies in the future. Because that's what happens. If you don't have the cash, you just throw it on the card and then you got 20% payments. Oy. So that's one thing you can do. Save up $2,000 for an emergency. The next thing, live on a monthly budget. You've heard me talk about this over and over again on the show. We cannot improve our finances if we're not tracking our finances. The fun part of this one, though, is that fintech has made this a lot easier lately. Apps like Mint, one of our favorites, Tiller, HoneyFi, YNAB, Personal Capital, they make tracking your cash easy and, dare I say it, fun. (laughs) And then the last one, choose a debt elimination method that resonates with you. The debt snowball method helps you eliminate your smallest balance first. 
The debt avalanche method helps you eliminate your debt with the largest interest rate first. And then the last one, the debt hatred method is where you eliminate the debt that you flip and hate the most. For example, you hate the fact that you owe your parents money. You should pay that one off first. Or if you hate your student loan with a passion, pay that one off first. This debt hatred method uh, was coined by my friends John Schneider and David Auten from session 46. You can check out their interview at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 46. Those two, that happy couple, paid off $51,000 in credit card debt and became debt free. So that's number one, choose a debt free life. Number two, partner with your spouse. Building legacy wealth can be really difficult, but it becomes a lot easier when you're partnering with your spouse. It's not always easy. Some couples have a very different view about money. Our childhood can really affect how we perceive money, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Here are some ways to make some strides together as a couple. Share your financial dreams when you're deep in debt, and you're feeling like you're drowning, we forget our dreams because they just seem so impossible. So take some time to dream together with your spouse. Do you want to own a business? Do you want to stay at home with the kids instead of being at a job that you don't like? These discussions can motivate you and your spouse to make some major financial progress. Another thing you could do is plan your path together. So once you hone in on those dreams, it's time to put some action steps below them. For example, if your goal is to go down to one income and leave your job to stay at home with your kids like Tyler did in session 76, again, that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 76, you will need to develop steps to decrease your living expenses or eliminate your debt payments or increase your household income some way. But it can become a reality if you put those action steps behind it and make some major progress holding hands together as a couple. And happy to report, our friend Tyler, he made it happen. They went down from two incomes to one income so his wife could stay at home and raise their now two kids. And man, it it wasn't easy. They worked very hard to get this done, but he and his wife are extremely happy with their choice. And then the last thing you can do together is celebrate your wins. If you're paying down like $200,000 of student debt, that path can feel like an eternity. So celebrate along the way. Have some fun when you hit that 100K milestone or that 50K or 25K milestone. Track it together, you know, drink some bubbly, go out to dinner, do something fun to celebrate. If you've got little kids, involve them so they remember these big milestones that you are achieving together as a family. This can be something incredible that you're doing together that you will remember for a very, very long time. To get some motivation here, check out session 75 with El Martinez on how to craft the perfect money date. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 75. All right, we're humming right along here. That was number two, partner with your spouse. And then we're moving on to number three, protect your family. Yeah, 
We can make a whole bunch of money, my friends, and develop a mass amount of wealth. But if we're not protecting it, it can mean disaster for our family, especially our young family with little kids, man. This number three message isn't, this isn't meant to scare you. It's meant to help you and your family rest easy. So here's how we can do it. Get term life insurance. If your family depends on your income, you need term life insurance. Find a partner that shops the marketplace on your behalf and finds you the best deal. Depending on your situation, whole life can be really pricey and maybe give you less coverage and not be the best investment. So make sure you investigate it, but uh, term life the majority of the time is the best way to go. And the second thing you could do is craft your will and trust to protect your family and ensure they're in good hands if the unexpected occurs, which we don't want it to, but you know, got to prepare. You got to get that last will and testament going ASAP. And as you're building that wealth, look into the trust as well to ensure you're avoiding issues for your family if you if you're to pass away, you know. You don't want to lose those assets and lose that ability to continue strengthening your family tree. And then the last thing, review your insurance coverage. You know, everyone's situation is different, but, you know, here are some types of insurance to keep your family safe. So health insurance, you got to need that. Auto insurance, uh, depending on your living situation, homeowners or renters insurance, long-term disability, and if you have a net worth you know, like over 500,000 bucks, you need to check into an umbrella insurance policy that helps you keep that wealth. And of course, life insurance, we already mentioned that. So check on all these types of insurance, make sure you have proper coverage. If you've got a good emergency fund in place, maybe you can look at getting a high deductible plan, save a little bit of money and uh, rely on your emergency fund for any of those big out-of-pocket costs. So if you want to check out a great interview that I did with Jeremy Hallett from Quotacy, that's session 58, and we talk about term life insurance and why it's important to protect our families. So I, I like his mission a lot. He says he's a great guy, and uh, they are a sponsor of this show, just FYI. But um, I met him in person, interviewed him on the show. I really like what they're doing. They're protecting families, and he likes the show. So win-win. <laughs> All right, so that was number three, protect your family. So we're moving on to number four, save for retirement. So automated investing and compound interest, yeah, they're going to make us rich, man, while we sleep. Seriously, <laughs> that's, a, that's one of the biggest takeaways that I've learned from my interviews, taking advantage of automated investing and compound interest. And this is where I learned a lot from my interviews with uh, all of these folks that I talked to. I wanted to take away the confusing, jargony retirement investment process and make it simple for myself as well as everybody who's listening. And I found some good advice on doing just that. So here's a few tips that I learned over the last two years. Number one here, take advantage of your workplace 401k. If you're consistently investing in your workplace 401k, you're doing two things here. You're automatically investing your money and never touching it so it grows for a really long time. And you're taking advantage of compound interest. Your money, making money, making money, et cetera, et cetera. 
Oh, and if your company matches your contributions, even better. That's free money, man. So take advantage of that 401k. Uh, Next thing, look into index funds. If your 401k or other retirement routes like a Roth IRA or HSA has the ability to invest in low-cost index funds, consider it. You can save a boatload on fees, and you can essentially mirror indices like the S&P 500, which has a great long-term return. But the key is to not touch it until retirement. Hence the name retirement savings, you know. (laughs) And then the last thing in this section here is to max out tax-favored options. So if you have the ability and you got the income, try to max out your tax-favored options like the 401k or if you've got a 403b or 457 plan, those IRAs, whether it's traditional or Roth, and the health savings account, the HSA. By maxing these, you're going to get the full tax-saving advantages available to you, and your retirement funds are going to skyrocket. So if you have the means, do it. If you choose to work with a financial advisor, ask them all sorts of good questions about their fees, who they work with, their partners, and if they are a fiduciary. Great question there. Joe Salcihai covers a lot of this good information in our interview together in session 79. Check that one out. MarriageKidsOfMoney.com slash session 79. All right, we're humming along. That was number four, plan for your retirement. Number five, grow and diversify your income. This very well might be my favorite step. (laughs) And we did a lot of interviews on this topic, mostly because I wanted to grow and diversify my income and also share that great knowledge with you all. But obviously, you know, saving, tracking, and protecting our money, it's very important. But growing your income is a major part of solidifying your young family wealth. It would be honestly a flat out lie just to tell you that someone making $200,000 and someone making $50,000 have an equal shot of becoming millionaires. It's it, it would be a lie to tell you that. Is it possible depending on their savings rate? Absolutely. Yes, for sure. Is it going to be a lot easier for the person making $200,000 though? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's chat about how we can grow and diversify our incomes. The first one here, increase your salary at work. If you've been consistently exceeding expectations at work, and it's been a while since you've received a raise or promotion, it is time to ask for what you deserve. Check out industry sites like Glassdoor to find out what other people are making in your position or in your area. And it's time to make more money. Set, set aside that conversation with your supervisor and talk to them. And if you don't know if you are exceeding expectations, that's where you need to start. Understand what your goals are and then clobber them out of the park. <laughs> the second thing you could do to grow and, and, and diversify your income is to invest in real estate. This is an excellent way to diversify your income and Get into it with buy and hold rental real estate. I am super excited about this one. This is something we're going to make some moves on this year. I cannot wait to make it a reality. And Nicole's excited too. So I'm pumped that we've got a goal together. 
And then the last thing you can do is start a small business. If you have a passion and talent towards something outside of your full-time gig, see if you can make some money on the side, having some fun and, you know, getting some cash. So see if you can start with something that actually doesn't require a lot of capital in the beginning. That's that's just kind of my little way of doing things. That way, if it doesn't work out, you're not in a bunch of debt, you know, like exhibit A, this podcast. <laughs> I started it with maybe a hundred bucks. And yes, I've invested more since then. But my little hobby made me 13,000 bucks last year, you know? So that's cool. That's more money for fun and for our real estate savings and investing. So I hope to uh, grow that quite a bit this year. If you want to get inspired by someone who transitioned from a teacher, teacher salary, to a six-figure writer from home who now has the ability to do her writing and spend time with her kid, check out my recent interview with Sarah Lee Kane. That was session 112. So that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 112. So that was number five, grow and diversify your income. And before we get into the last five juicy steps, let's take a moment to hear from our show sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. 
marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tella. Thanks for considering our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. All right, we're back. Let's keep it going here. We're on to number six. Number six, develop a legacy for building wealth. A lot of people who listen to the show have kids. So for those of you that do, this one is for you. We can work on our financial situation as much as we want, but if we're not helping our kids to carry on the legacy, then our family trees won't grow strong for very long. (laughs) I'm sure you've seen it or heard it, man. That wealthy family that had all the money and then the kids don't carry it on. And it's, it's a true statistic. A stunning 70% of rich families lose their wealth by the second generation. That's according to Time Magazine, 70%. So let's hang in that uh, 30% zone, my friends. <laughs> Here are some thoughts on how we can do it. Right here, initiate a chore and reward system. Help your kids understand that with hard work comes reward. The things that they truly want in life are there for them if they want to work for them. This can start off very young. We started with our kids, I think when Zoe was four, with the with the chores around the house. And this has helped them a lot. And a lot of the fathers and mothers that I've spoken to who have implemented a program like this, they... They're proud of it because it's helped their kids learn responsibility, integrity, and just how how money works in general. So they're getting that financial literacy early. And I've heard that statistic. Kids' money habits are solidified, are pretty much solidified, I think by six or age six or eight. It's pretty wild. So start early, get them involved, have them help, get them them to be responsible and, um, and learn about money. The next thing I wanted to share is try a breakthrough allowance. So this one is fresh from our conversation last week with John Lanza in session 115. So when your kids get to be preteens or teens, give them enough allowance to cover their clothes, food out of the house, cell phone costs, things like that. So maybe John used the example of a hundred bucks a month. This way, they can learn how to be responsible with money early. This will, you know, they're, they're surely going to make some mistakes. You know, obviously, that's, that's, that's apparent with that. But it's better to have them make those mistakes at 14 instead of 41. So I, I like this progressive levels of responsibility we're talking about here. So the chore and reward system and then giving them a little bit more responsibility with their cash as they get older. And then the last one I wanted to share is help them save for college. So student loans, as you know, are at an all-time high, $1.5 trillion. Ugh. (laughs) And we don't want our kids to get caught up in that hot mess, man. So how can we help them thrive and also learn during the process? Well... We could start a 529 as soon as possible, as soon as they have a social security number when they're born. And we can show them how compound interest works in their favor. So we can talk to them about how that money's operating and growing on their behalf. And also we can get them maybe to work a little bit in high school and college and they can help pay for college. That will help them understand, uh, you know, again, with hard work 
you get the reward of education, and it'll also help them to stay debt-free. And lastly, we can't forget scholarships. They are out there. Are There are tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars of scholarships out there. Work with your kids to fill out the applications and earn that free college money. If you really want to get inspired on this scholarship side of things, guys, check out my interview with Pam Andrews. She helped her son earn $700,000 in college scholarships. Yeah, $700,000. That interview is session 83. So you can find that by going to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 83. All right, humming right along. So number six there was develop a legacy for building wealth. And now we're moving on to number seven, become a generous giver. What? Andy, how can we become wealthy if we're giving away our money? <laughs> Actually, that's something our family is still working on, including me. I'm, I'm working on being more generous. In 2017, we gave 1% of our income, not very much. Last year, 2018, we gave 3%. And this year, we're shooting for 5%. So, baby steps, right? <laughs> I hope that uh, I can eventually be like the inspiring givers that I've spoken to on this show because I love the feeling. It feels great to give. It feels right. And I want to inspire my kids to be givers too. So if we feel passionate about a cause or a mission or a, a movement, our wealth can make a big difference. Instead of hoping for change, you can be the change. That is powerful, man. All right, so here's some things that I've learned from these inspiring folks that I've spoken to. The first one here, research charities. So when you find charities that really resonate with you, you'll start to become really inspired to give more. For me, I like charities that give underprivileged kids a better shot at life. That is just me. That's kind of where I've gravitated towards. You might be all about the environment or animals or the ocean or whatever. Find your passion, get inspired and give. The second one here, ladder up your giving. If you're like me, maybe you're not giving a lot and that's okay. That's okay. See how you can increase each month or each year until you're giving 5% or 10%, whatever number inspires you. You make up the number and decide what generous means. I'm not sure what the magic number is. I'm still discovering that. 10%, it, it does, it, that sounds awesome. That sounds like, that sounds right. And I hope to get there someday. Anyway, you decide what your number is. And then the last thing I've learned about here is donor advised funds. If you are looking to take your giving into overdrive, look into donor advised funds. It, depending on your contributions, you can receive a tax deduction and you can invest the money to grow for future giving. So does something like a family giving foundation that lives on in perpetuity sound cool to you? Yeah, me too. <laughs> so check out donor advice funds and see if it works for you. I've talked to a lot of people who dig Fidelity's program. So if you want to look into one specifically, lots of folks um, give that one a thumbs up. 
To get inspired to grow your giving, check out session 114, another recent one, with Allison Cade. She has consistently given 10% of her income for the last seven years, and she loves it. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 114. All right, so that was number seven, become a generous giver. And then number eight, achieve financial independence. This is the top financial goal I've heard from most all of the people that I've interviewed on this show. Financial independence or FI or FIRE is when you have enough income to cover your annual expenses without the need for full-time employment. Yep, your assets are producing enough income that you don't need to hustle and make more money. For a parent, that can mean more time with your family, more time spent doing the things that you love, more time, just more time, time freedom. (laughs) So how do we get there? First thing we do is understand your annual expenses. To understand how close you are to FI, to FIRE, to financial independence, you need to understand your annual expenses. So tracking those through the monthly budget that we talked about in all the way back in step one is key to your success here. These expenses are things like your housing, transportation, utilities, groceries, entertainment, insurance, the typical monthly things that you spend, annual things, sorry, on your life. Essentially, what goes out each month, what goes out each year. So total up all those for the entire year, and that's your annual expenses. And then the next thing you do is grow your passive or active income. So let's say your annual expenses are 60000 bucks per year. That's what you calculated. Great. That means you'll have to develop income sources that total $60,000 per year after taxes outside of your full-time employment to hit the FI, hit the financial independence. These can be sources like what we we talked about already, rental real estate or a taxable brokerage account or a small business. At least those were the top favorites from the folks that I've interviewed on the show. For a very high level example, let's say you own six homes and each of them provides you with $10,000 per year in net income then in theory, you're financially independent because you're, you're covered. So that's just a high level example. And then the last thing you do to keep moving towards financial independence is adjust accordingly. So let's say that owning six homes is not going to be possible for you, but four might be possible. Okay. So figure out a way to lower your expenses. It's a lot easier to spend less each year than it is to make more money each year. So can you eliminate debt from your life to decrease your annual expenses? Can you eliminate your annual travel expenses by looking into credit card rewards? Or perhaps saving on your weekly shopping habits, groceries, things like that. This may bring your annual expenses down to 40K per year. So who knows? Everybody's situation is different. Some people think that 40K would be way too hard to do depending on where they live, or it might be completely feasible. So you look into it and figure out your situation. One of my favorite interviews on this subject was with Paula Pant, the real estate guru, on session 61. So check out how she earned her financial independence through real estate 
And that is at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 61. So that's number eight, achieve financial independence. And we're moving right along to all the juicy ones here. Number nine, follow your passion and use your talents. So once you're financially independent, or at least you're feeling financially in control, you can feel free to pursue a life and calling that truly inspires you. A lot of folks I've interviewed became financially independent, and after enjoying some much-needed relaxation and travel, they realized they had a lot more to give and a lot more to do in life. So they decided to do amazing things like write books or give back in their community or, or coach others, or they started small businesses. I mean, really, how, how long can you sit on a couch, right? <laughs> how long can you sip pina coladas on the beach? <laughs> you can do it for a little while, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, you need purpose, right? You need meaning. You need passion in your life. So here's what I learned from these inspiring people. The first thing, take time to reflect. So a lot of us are so busy moving from one task to the next task that we don't take time to think and reflect about what's truly essential in our lives. It can help to, you know, remove or just limit some of the digital distractions in our lives, you know, like the cell phones, the social media, or the email clutter that can completely consume our day, you know. This way, we can take more time to plan, think, journal, or just simply reflect on where we want to go with our lives. Honestly, you don't have to hit five to do any of this. You know, you can, you can do this well before that. And it's actually even more important when you hit five because you're going to have a lot more time on your hands and you want it to be purposeful. So the next thing that you can do is define your path. So just like the previous steps, it's important that we clearly define what we want from our lives. And now that we have financial freedom, it's even more important. So write it down, use a journal or a blog or a podcast for that matter. <laughs> Decide on paper or out loud what your path is going to be. Have you always wanted to spend more time volunteering in your community, but you've just never had the time? Now's your chance. Have you always wanted to write a book, but didn't get around to it before? This is your moment. You got the, you got the control, you got the time, you got the financial freedom. And then the last thing is use your talents. Do you have talents and skills that can help you pursue your passion and make a difference? Now that you are a, a FI hero, financial independence genius, <laughs> you can use your superpowers for the good of your family or for yourself for some self-care or just your community. I mean, talk about a life of purpose. That would be awesome. So an episode that really resonated with me around this specific topic was with Jay Money from Budgets Are Sexy. And that was session 99. He talks about slowing down and finding your passion after you've been financially successful. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 99. All right, so that was number nine. Follow your passion and use your talents. Number 10, the last one here, number 10, teach others, especially your kids. One of the greatest joys in life is helping others win. 
The interviews conducted over the past two years were produced with the intent of empowering families to win with money. I said at the top of the show, I love helping people. Once you start to really grasp this financial knowledge and and you're starting to make a difference, major difference in your life, major financial difference, it is time for you to teach others how to do it. Wouldn't it be incredible to make a major financial impact on your community or your country or the world? Yeah, think big, man. And this is doubly important for your kids. We don't want all this wealth, this time freedom and legacy of of purpose to just fade away after one generation. Got to remember that 70% number, man. So here's how the rock stars I interviewed are teaching and keeping the spirit alive. You can write a blog. The internet gives people access to free and incredible helpful information. Join in on the revolution and share what you know through a blog or a vlog or a podcast. (laughs) It's not only a great way to teach and give back, but it gives you a medium to plan, reflect, and it's like an electronic journal and it can help you plan for your future. The next thing you can do is volunteer in your community. Share your experience, share your knowledge in person, you know, with groups that can really use your support. You can check out programs like jumpstart.org or talkinginclass.org from our friend Matt Schultz. And you can share your experience in the classroom with younger kids. This way you're promoting financial literacy for the next generation. Cool way to give back. And then the last one here, teach your kids to fish. Yeah. I love the saying, give your kids enough money to do something, but not so much that they do nothing. We want to empower our kids to keep this legacy alive. And as they grow older, let's give them those progressive levels of responsibility when it comes to their money. I really like that breakthrough allowance idea. Yes, they get more money, but they also get more responsibility as well. So find other traditions, other ways to give your kids the responsibility they need to keep this legacy going. Bill Dwight from FamZoo is a total hero of mine um, when it comes to this topic. He's a proud father of five, and he's helping his kids keep their family legacy alive through teaching them money smart habits. That's session 77. It was honestly a really inspiring interview. So check that one out, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 77. Okay, well, we did it, man. That's uh, that's 10 steps. We had on all 10 steps for achieving young family wealth and happiness. So I'm going to briefly go over them real quick. Number one, choose a debt-free life. Number two, partner with your spouse. Number three, protect your family. Number four, save for retirement. Number five, grow and diversify your income. Number six, develop a legacy for building wealth. Number seven, become a generous giver. Number eight, achieve financial independence. Number nine, follow your passion and use your talents. And then last but not least, number 10, teach others, especially your kids. Now, I'm not sure these steps need to be followed sequentially. I I guess it's, um, I guess it couldn't hurt if you were going to pay off your high interest debt before becoming a generous giver, but uh, there's no hard and fast rules here. 
I just wanted to share these simple steps that I learned from over a hundred interviews with self-made millionaires, personal finance experts, and financially independent couples who are killing it for their families and planning for the future. Super exciting. And I'm using these steps. It's working for our family. Life is great right now for the Hill family. And um, I'm thrilled about our family's future. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Greg from Money Vikings called in to share his 2019 goals with us. Take it away, Greg. Hello, Andy. This is your friend Greg, the bald money viking at themoneyvikings.net. My 2019 financial goals are number one, rebuild my emergency fund after the HVAC went out this year during the heat of the summer. Hey, that's what an emergency fund is for. Number two, continue to save, invest, and increase net worth. Number three, create value-added content at themoneyvikings.net. Number four, be grateful and happy for how lucky and fortunate we all are. And number five, continue to be the best dad and husband possible. Cheers, my friend. Best wishes to all, and let's continue to grow and thrive in 2019. Cheers to that, Greg. Nice work setting some intention and plans for the new year. And extra points for being a hardworking dad who's caring about his family. Super cool, man. I wish you the best success in 2019. If you want to check out Greg's work, head on over to moneyvikings.net. That's moneyvikings.net. Greg, thanks so much for sharing your 2019 goals with us. And congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? You got to send me a note at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail like Greg did at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear from you. This is super fun. And if you want to go anonymous, no big deal. Just say I am Joe Schmo from Planet Xenon and uh, paid, off all my <laughs> paid off all my student loans. I don't know, anything. Uh, I just made that up. Anyway, you can go anonymous. And uh, it's just fun to share this news with people and it inspires folks. So give it a shot. I'm all about self-improvement. So let's bring on another MKM challenge. This one is not going to come as a surprise to you guys uh, today. It's, uh, it's the start of the new year. And uh, I want you to be like Greg and set 2019 goals, set our goals for the year. So here's how we can do this. Number one, set aside one hour of time with zero distractions this week. No social media, no cell phone, no kids, no TV, just you and a piece of paper and a pencil. Why not a computer, you might ask? Because if it were me, I'd just start surfing the internet or check my email or go on Facebook and not get my goals done in that hour. So do me a favor and try this. You, a piece of paper and a pencil. Okay, number two, ask yourself what your big dreams are and think big with this one. For example, I want to pay off my mortgage or I want to achieve financial independence or I want to lose 50 pounds or I want to run a marathon. Some crazy, exciting, big goals that get you excited. I want to start a business. I want to quit my job that I don't like. Things like that. Once you have those dreams... And try to limit them to uh, under 10 for now, just so we can get this thing done. 
it's time to create some action behind those dreams. So number three, craft your action steps. So let's say that your big dream is to become student debt free. That's awesome. So what are the steps that you are going to take to get there? For example, number one, one of your steps could be analyze your current student debt amounts and interest rates, and you have to put a date on it by January 15th. And then what's the next action step? Decide which student loan that you're going to pay down first and put a date on that, January 16th, the next day. And then the next, review your budget to see where you can free up some cash to pay down the loan faster by January 20th, et cetera, et cetera. You get the idea. Put some action steps below your big goal. Otherwise, it just becomes a big dream that you don't have any progress towards. And then number four, track your progress and don't give up. This stuff works, my friends. You got to get intentional. You got to write down smart goals, smart, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based, and you will achieve your dreams. You just have to keep at it. And once you've written them down, this is something you can check back on to keep yourself motivated. So that's my challenge to you is to set these goals this week. Set your intention. Make this year your best year yet. Write down the goals and keep them somewhere where you're going to see them and stay motivated. I'm going to share my 2019 goals with you for two reasons today. Number one here is to hold myself accountable. And it's also just to give you some ideas that might inspire action for you. All right. So my first goal for 2019 is to make $30,000 outside of my full-time job. That's with this little small business you guys are hearing right now. So through the podcast, through my blog, through my freelance writing, through my video talent work, that's my goal. Number two, give 5% of our income to charity. So I mentioned that one earlier. We were 1% in 2017, 3% in 2018, and then 5% in 2019. So that's, that's some progress, progress I can be proud of. Number three, have one-on-one time scheduled each month with my kids. I want to grow the bond that I have with my kids and make some great memories. That's a good goal for us. Number four, a monthly date night with my wife, Nicole. And I get bonus points in my brain for something new, fun, and adventurous. So outside of the typical dinner. <laughs> Number five, achieve a net worth of 875000 bucks. So that's going to be a challenging, tough one. But if I can grow my income outside of work, I think it could be doable. And I want to be like some of those young millionaires I've been interviewing on uh, my blog. By the way, if you guys want to check those out, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash millionaire. I've interviewed now over 25 young millionaires, millionaires in their 30s, and how they did it. So it's a good way to learn a little bit uh, from some gurus. All right. So number six, exercise three times per week for 30 minutes. So I'm going to do some swimming. I'm going to do some running. I'm going to break out my old P90X DVDs and uh, I'm going to get it going three times per week for 30 minutes. Nothing crazy. Just stay healthy. And um, it makes me feel good. I just, I've fallen off the wagon a little bit. Hey, it's January, you know, (laughs) you go through the holidays, eat a lot of crap. Anyway, number seven, save 50% of our income. So we're going to do that through saving for our real estate investments, through my 401k, through my Roth IRA, through 
a HSA, throw a 529s for the kids, and we're going to try to hit that 50% rate again like we did last year. And then the last one is to buy our first rental property in cash. And we are hoping to do that by year's end. So those are my big goals. Are you ready to craft yours or have you already? Either way, the challenge has been laid down. So who is in? Email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or send me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116, session 116. And on that link, it's include all the shows that I mentioned during the podcast today. So I'm going to have a written version of today's show and I'll have all those links. So yeah, check it out at marriagekidsmoney.com slash session 116. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out professional advice for your specific financial situation. If you've enjoyed today's show, please let me know by doing one of these three things, any of these three things, really. Number one, hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcast player. That way we can hang out every week. And then the second thing, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Those reviews help others find the show and grow this message of family financial empowerment. And then the last thing, number three, join our Facebook community called Thriving Families. You can find it at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash FB group. We're having all sorts of great discussions in there. I think there's almost 300 of us now. And we're all looking to build our young family wealth. So thanks for considering those options, my friends. This month on the show, we have an excellent lineup of guests. January 14th, we've got speaker and author Chris Hogan. He's going to join us and talk about his new book, Everyday Millionaires, How Ordinary People Built extraordinary wealth. And then the week after that, January 21st, we're going to have six-figure entrepreneur Crystal Lee Beck, and she's going to share with us how mothers can create their own ladder to entrepreneurial success and not compromise on family time. Very cool. And then the last week, January 28th, we've got Grant Sabatier, the man who achieved financial independence at age 30. He's going to join us again for the second time to talk about his new book, Financial Freedom, A Proven Path to All the Money You'll Ever Need. I had a chance to read this, guys. It is an awesome book. You got to check out the interview. So yeah, you guys are really going to enjoy this lineup this month. It is awesome. It's going to rock. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Vincent Van Gogh. Great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Let's start making progress now, my friends. Carpe diem! 